the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show. And this is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Coparis. And I want to thank all of our listeners for your continued support just by listening to the show. Uh, we do appreciate it because without you guys, you know, we wouldn't have a show. And as I, I said before, um, it's no fun having a show with one listener. Uh, that wouldn't be a good thing. Uh, in just a little while, we're going to have a great author on the show with us today. But uh, before we bring them on, we need to go over some things on the show. Sponsors. We open up the door for sponsorship opportunities. Uh, so advertisers, marketers that want to tie in to the UCW radio show, uh, no better time than the present. Uh, we have a lot of great things going on. We're increasing syndication. We're working on some special projects that I really can't talk about right now. Uh, but we have a lot of great things going on, and in the coming weeks, uh, we're just going to get better and better and better and better. And uh, hey, not 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 a bad show to uh, to be aligned with. Um, but one thing that I can talk about is something that I'm proud of. Uh, we were tagged to do the Ultimate Body Radio Show. And basically, it's connected to the Ultimate Body Reality TV show. Now, let me uh, go into some stuff with the Ultimate Body TV show so that uh, you know you, you know, our listeners can find out more. You guys can hear more about it because it is, um, I guess, it's groundbreaking because uh, you have uh, the Biggest Loser. You have all these reality shows on TV. Uh, you know, uh, Brady this. Uh, uh, rock a love that and so on and so forth and if you see all these uh, people that were on these shows uh, whether it be Adrian Curry and so on and so forth they may have had some fame in their life but they became uh, quote-unquote rock stars uh, due, due to the uh, show them being on the show and even the biggest loser uh, even when when Dr. Phil had his show and even those competitors had their share of fame now this is an opportunity but the, the great part about this is that you become healthy and you actually can build a career on this not just a reality show career but an actual career in bodybuilding now this the ultimate body tv reality show it comes from the mind of david lyons he's a great guy he's the producer of hog, Her uh, hog heaven excuse me hog heaven and uh, the animated feature creepers uh, and he's the, the president, CEO of Lions Entertainment. And he came up with this whole concept. See, because he has an interesting story. I, I consider him an inspirational person. Uh, I hold him in the highest regards because he did something uh, interesting. Beyond what he's done in his life, he's been through ups and downs. But his biggest uh, wall that he hit when he was in his uh, mid-40s, and he was diagnosed with MS. And as opposed to him going down for the count, sitting in the corner crying, and this is a guy that never competed in bodybuilding ever, decided to compete, and he did, and he did well. And in uh, the Florida State uh, Bodybuilding Championships, he did well. This, this is with full-blown MS. Go figure. That's the intestinal fortitude that he has, and his vision for the show is incredible, and I and I like it. He linked up with the producer of the Osbournes, the Surreal Life, uh, Meet Meet My Folks, all these shows that you're familiar with, uh, with Lauren Alvarez, and basically the Ultimate Body is going to be the next coming, and this is not just a one-shot deal that you have one season. All right, I'm I'm predicting now that this thing is going to be. Uh, it's going to have the longevity of a big brother or of a, a, an American Idol thing, but more so uh, in, along the lines of uh, a big brother, okay, because the house situation and so on and so forth, which I'm going to go through in a second how everything goes with the show. But again, you know, uh, I think it's great. Uh, you're going to have, and this is these are the broad strokes on it, okay, because this show is not going to be... Uh, uh, a pushover type of situation alright the people that are involved that will be on the show this show is gonna push them 
to the limit to the boundaries of their of, of fitness and discipline and everything is going to really push their and you know them to that level and you're going to have 13 men and 13 women and they're going to be beat but through a vigorous physical training dieting the whole nine yards uh, they're going to be going through all of this stuff and the winners of the uh of the reality show uh hey they're both going to earn 50 grand 50 grand amateur bodybuilders make 50 nothing if they make 50 cents you're lucky because they're not getting endorsements they're losing money on the deal and that's a reality because they have to buy their supplements they have to go train at the gym they're putting all the time into a sure they're getting themselves you know healthy but until they go uh uh national or go pro or get their pro card you know them making money is not there and really and who's going to endorse them uh, with any substance so they're gonna have to keep on a day job to do all that stuff so this actually gives you the opportunity to make 50 grand get national international exposure because you you're gonna you whoever wins the show not only do they get the money they are going to have a photo spread in muscle magazine international and they're gonna be a whole bunch of different prizes Okay, and it's 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 interesting, and um, and actually the uh, the grand prize is provided by Anytime Fitness. It's it's a gym chain, and also Gaspari Nutrition, which anyone that that knows anything about bodybuilding, uh, that's owned and operated, founded by the great Rich Gaspari. He's done a lot of amazing things. Uh, now the show is going to have an open casting call. On Saturday, October 17th, from 11 to 6 at night, at the Ramada Orlando Celebration Resort and Convention Center. That's located at 635 West Erlo Bronson Highway, Kissimmee, Florida. Now, here's their website because you have to go on there. You have to fill out an application. And again, anyone that is involved, that's interested in, in getting their 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 health together, that's interested in embarking on a true bodybuilding career. This opportunity, you will not, trust me when I say this to you, you will not ever have an opportunity like this anywhere. Because you can go train. You can go to your gym, train, buy your your, your, your uh, nutritional supplements, go and do all that stuff. And you know something? You can do that for the next 5, 10 years. And until you go pro, you're not making any money. So you have within a 13, 10 to 13 week time frame, you have the opportunity to national exposure because you're on TV people are seeing you going through this training process seeing your body form into what it's going to be you're gonna be provided with uh, you, you'll be living in a mansion in the Orlando area not a bad deal not a bad deal whatsoever okay and also you know you're going to uh, you, you know if you live in that area you're not gonna have to give up your job or your or leave your family to be on the show and if you live in the Kissimmee Orlando area then you're good to go and you're gonna train like you never trained before in your life it's gonna it, it's just gonna push you as I said it's gonna push you to the limits okay and uh, on, on top of that you know you, you're gonna have uh, all the nutritional supplements provided to you you don't you don't have to go out there and uh, pay for that stuff okay because that stuff will be provided to you and there's no there's no uh, crazy you know things involved it's fairly simple you go in you stay in the mansion you train like an animal you get your body together then you start competing on the show and then there'll be eliminations in the whole nine yards and at the end of the day whoever wins the whole thing and, and you you'll have professional judges there okay and some of the judges that you will have there, you'll have the um, the Mr. World and uh, what was it? The yeah, the Mr. World uh, and Mr. USA titles. He won those, and he is the voice of the Mr. Olympia. That's Bob Chicharillo. Okay, he signed on as a host. On the judges, you have IFBB Bikini Pro. She's a top fitness model. She's the uh, She's the um, the spokesman for Gaspari Nutrition, Marcia Prince. She's going to be there. You're going to have a Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame bodybuilding legend, Rich Gaspari. He's going to be the guest judge. 
You have the you're gonna have the natural Mr. Universe, Mr. America, and Mr. California all wrapping wrapped up in one. We had him on the show, Doug Burns. They all signed on as judges. So how do you how do you go wrong? Okay, and on top of that, you are going to do what? You're going to live in the mansion, have your food provided to you, have your vitamins, your nutritional supplements provided to you. You're not paying for rent, you're not paying for electricity, you're not paying for anything. Okay, you're not paying to train. You're going to have a doctor, chiropractor. Okay, you're going to have all these people working. You're going to have a machine. This is the stuff, just so you know, this is the stuff that someone, um, I mean, even pro bodybuilders don't have all of this, but you will. You know, this is like a, an Oprah fantasy health situation. And again, you get to win, you have the ability or the chance or the opportunity to win 50 grand. Uh, so, uh, again, I urge anyone that's in, that's looking to do this, and you can even build a career on it, uh, get involved. It doesn't cost you anything to get involved. You go down there, you be a part of the show, and uh, I promise you this, that you will get recognition for, for what you're doing. And I have no doubt about it. And on top of that, you guys, you know, beyond meeting all these people, you're going to be able to meet little old me because you will at some point uh, get on the UCW radio show and, and talk to me because we are hosting the Ultimate Body radio show. So we will have a conversation at some point. So that, that makes it even more interesting. So you'll get more publicity out of the deal. Now the website is theultimatebodytvshow.com. Go there, fill out the application. The final audition is, as I said, I'm going to repeat myself, is Saturday, October 17th from 11 to 6. You missed that, you're out until the next season, which is not going to be this year, not going to be next year, it's going to be the year after. So you're going to miss that opportunity. And my advice, if you're involved in this, if you want to do it, I would definitely do it. Okay, and, and get involved. Now, I have to mention some other people that are a part of the show. Okay, that we have uh, Brad uh, Homan. Okay, he's a um, he's a orthopedic and sports medicine uh, director. And actually, let me let me correct that. He is the Celebration Florida's orthopedic and sports medicine institute's director of sports medicine and chief of surgery and all I mean the guy has a big resume here you know he has too much stuff going on uh but you know he, he's he's going to be there and he you know, he'll be monitoring stuff you're going to have uh chiropractors uh one chiropractor uh, is uh, Dr. Ben Lerner and uh then uh well oh he's also an author go figure okay he had uh, a New York Times bestseller body by god interesting so again you have an opportunity alright the website is the ultimate body TV show.com uh, do it for yourself have have a chance to uh, to cash in on this and uh, again you know if you want it if you have a thing that you want to be a reality show star and you don't want you don't want to look uh, how can I say it you don't want to look uh, ridiculous to uh, the world and you want to do something positive and and not uh, do anything out of control. Well, here you go. Get yourself healthy. And now, before we bring uh, in our guests, I need to let our listeners know uh, something else. Where well, today is uh, the red carpet premiere of Lynch Mob the movie. That's a Rachel and uh, Scott Stamper. Uh, they were the screenwriters on it. You had uh, Byron Irwin. We had him on the show yesterday, and he is the director. Uh, and you have, if you live in the, uh, the outskirts of Atlanta, I think it's, uh, Conyers, uh, Georgia, uh, go to the Carmack Theater. Go check it out. Be a part of the red carpet event. Because it's not often that you have a red carpet event like this on, in, in the outskirts of Georgia. Usually it would be New York or LA. So, you know, take the opportunity because, you know, because the next time that you'll be able to meet, or have an event like this that you can actually attend and have all the media around and feel like a superstar is now if you live in that area because the next time who knows I don't know what movies are being made in Georgia okay I don't know what movies are being made in Atlanta I don't I mean we don't have them on the show so if we don't have them on the show what 
I mean, obviously, uh, no offense, it really doesn't mean anything to us. We had Lynch Mob on the show because we feel that this is going to be a cult classic. So check it out. And their website is lynchmobmovie.com. Now, uh, I have to give you some additional information. We want our listeners to be a part of the show, so you can actually call us with your questions, your comments, stuff like that. Uh, we want to hear from you. Our number is 323-952-4369. That's 323-952-4369. You know, so uh, sometimes we'll be live, sometimes we'll be on location, whatever the case may be. If you get your questions to us uh, beforehand, we can pose them to our guest. If we're live, you know, sometimes we take call-ins, uh, but when that happens, it's usually chaos because uh, we have too many things going on, especially if we're on, we're on location. So unless you're in front of us, uh, it'd be hard to, uh, to get that done. So, again, the number is 323-952-4369. And let me just repeat this, that the UCW radio show has opened the doors to sponsorship partnerships. We are the official um, host of the Ultimate Body radio show that's associated with, as I've been speaking about, the Ultimate Body TV reality show, the next big thing on TV. The show is going to be a hit. So marketers, advertisers, you want to hook up with the UCW radio show, this is the time. Not in a month, not in six months, not, well, let me see, because you're going to miss an opportunity because we're not coming to you. You have to come to us. So UCWmagazine.com is where you can find more information and reach out to us. Give us a jingle. Let's talk about it. Let's see what we can do. And if you're on Twitter, you can shoot me out uh, some questions and comments um, for our guest. Uh, we have uh, a lot of special guests coming on the show from uh, professional bodybuilders, fitness uh, people, fitness competitors, uh, models, authors, uh, what else? Uh, actors, uh, directors, producers. Uh, we have all types of people, entertainment people, coming on the show. And we even have cor corporations coming on the show. We had True Blood, the, the drink on the show. Okay, we had uh, Demora Motors on the show, Motocar on the show. We have a, a whole host of other companies coming on the show. So that is also something uh, that we added to the mix and we're we're continuing to evolve because the show is not anywhere near where we want it to be but we're getting there so stick with us and you'll see the growth and you'll see where we go and see and be there for the ride for the journey because the journey is going to be great and UCW radio show is going to be here for some time to come so you want to be a part of it and uh, my twitter name I, before I forget, is Luis Velasquez. That's L-O-U-I-S-V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. -E -E Follow me and tweet away. Now, without further ado, let's patch in the author of Nine Lives, Frank Say. Frank, it's great to have you on the UCW radio show. Uh, thanks for being with us. I, I mean, I, it's a pleasure having you on here. Thanks, Lou. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're more than welcome. You know, we always appreciate the time. I say this time and time again, but I have to because we do cre appreciate the time that I guess put aside for us because, you know, most people are busy. Um, so, and, you know, it's great to be able to, prov to provide that platform to tell your story. Now, uh, Frank, growing up, just to give our listeners broad strokes, you know, just like every other kid out there, you had dreams of being everything or anything from a firefighter to a doctor, a lawyer, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, you became an author. Now, that's, right. not, that's not something that happens every day with everybody. Uh, you know, and I, I'm just interested in the whole your whole journey from the time you there was clarity that you wanted to be an author. What what were you doing before then, and the clarity and how things progressed. So if you don't mind, before we get into uh, your book uh, Nine Lives, uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk a lot about that. I want to talk about your journey because our listeners uh, like hearing that. So how did how did what were you doing before you became an author? Uh before and uh, I was becoming an author, and I'm, I still have what they call "quote unquote" day job list. So uh -huh. um, I was uh, doing uh, customer service work for uh, like major companies that you know deal with the public. Okay, 
one point, at what point did you decide that, hey, you know what, I think I want to write a book? Well, I never really, uh, it was never my choice to do so. I um, I have a little bit of that on my website. Um, I never intended to be an author at any one time. Uh, it's not anything that I ever even thought about, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, fireman or astronaut when I was a kid. But, you know, as I grew older, I thought, you know, it would be nice to be in, you know, media in some form, you know, either in TV or movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe behind the scene, like working, you know, the technical bit. An author itself actually never entered my mind. In fact, you know, I was such an absolute horrible student, uh, for the most part through high school and college. That, well, at uh, least you're man enough to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I didn't like it. Uh, it didn't like me. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you would have told me, you know, <clears throat> that I would write more than a, a three paragraph, you know, essay, you know, for English Literature 101, I, I, you know, I would have just walked away from you. It just sounded too, too unbelievable. What happened with, with the book, though, um, I had, a, you know, an idea for a story that came to me. Um, and I knew my, uh, then I was dating my wife at the time, uh, you know, a friend, a daughter, uh, knew a few people that were, you know, had been writing either short stories or poetry or something. And I said, here, you know, what do you, what do you think about this for an idea for a book? And, and they said, well, that sounds interesting. And, uh, you know, because I had no, absolutely no desire, you know, to write this or no idea how to write this. Mm-hmm. So I threw the idea out there and it sort of went out there and nothing ever came of it. So, uh, I eventually, you know, after talking with uh, my wife, uh, she said, well, why don't you see, you know, what you can do with it? I'm like, well, okay. Uh, and I was absolutely clueless, so I did what, you know, uh, I thought would normally be done from English Literature 101, uh, way back when, is you do an outline. Mm-hmm. And from there, uh, you know, that's how it all started. Okay, you started with the outline, so actually you did learn something in school. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you only hear you only hear that right here though. I'll never admit to that any other time. <laughs> okay, so you, you took that, you, you created an outline. Uh, for what you know, I mean, for what would be nine lives, what you know, the book that you finally uh, uh, came out with, but you know, it took you time. It wasn't like, okay, well, I'm going to write this. I'm going to be done in a week. Um, right. You know, I, can you go through the process of of, of writing uh, a novel or, or writing something like you did with nine lives? Because I think our listeners, you know, they see the end result, and I say this often. That they see the end result, whether it be a movie, television, a book, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole process involved getting to that point, getting to the end result. Right. Um, it, it's interesting. Somewhere in between or right before I started the process, uh, I remember seeing um, or reading a portion uh, out of a, you know, Stephen King has a book on writing and one of the main things that he mentions in there is that somewhere, somewhere down the line, everybody has read either a short story or a novel and said, you know what, I can do at least as good as this person. And if you've ever, you know, thought of that, um, then, you know, maybe, you know, you could be a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, you know, and so that's, and I, I've known that, you know, myself, because I, you know, I've done, you know, quite a bit of reading in the past and uh, a lot of, you know, some of the things that I've written, I said, well, you know, I, you know, I probably could do, you know, at least as well. Um, how I, the, the, the funny part about it was when I started it, and originally Nine Lives, and I have the original version, which is in three, uh, three, uh, like sewn together type notebooks that mm-hmm. you see, the collegiate type notebooks. That's the original version and, you know, written down in pencil. Uh, I just, was starting as an outline, and as I began writing the outline, it became more and more a story, and it just began to flow that way. Mm-hmm. Instead of writing down, you know, an outline for chapter one, and chapter two, and chapter three, it just started flowing with the scenes and everything. I didn't know anything about the mechanics of writing. The only thing I knew about writing is from what I read, and, you know, what I read uh, from different authors, and I, you know, Basically, I copied, uh, you know, that particular type of style of formulating uh, a sentence, 
formulating a, you know, a dialogue between two characters, formulating uh, the setup of the scene prior to, you know, the main action starting. Um, I just went with it that way. It actually became quite natural, which is overall probably the strangest part of the journey itself is that uh, when I finally started getting into writing it, I realized I actually enjoyed writing. That's not as, you know, ominous or foreboding as it really, you know, I would have honestly thought it was. I'm glad I actually didn't give it too much thought uh, while I was in the middle of it because I probably would have backed out of it. But it actually became an enjoyable process. Okay, but you had to, I mean, it, it wasn't, uh, I mean, it, it was enjoyable, but at the same time, it wasn't easy. Uh, it wasn't easy. I, a lot of things I had to learn sort of, um, you know, analyze, you know, although I'm, you know, proud of the book itself. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I probably would have done differently um, with the book itself, but not knowing a lot of, you know, different processes, mm -hmm. um, you know, it came out to be where it is. I'm, I mean, I'm extremely happy with the book as it is right now. Right. Uh, the mechanics of writing it and creating the story and so forth, uh, different things like that, which I had to learn, you know, uh, you know, you know, as uh, as I went on too. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, that was a little bit of a struggle. Well, I mean, you you became a self-taught author. That that's what it came down to. You know, you taught yourself how to, how to go about doing it, and you created it. You know, but I think. That probably you know what 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 happens when you're in your situation you're you're writing a book you're becoming an author you're you're doing this you know and you're also holding down a full time job you know time becomes uh, an issue because if you have your family this and that so it becomes comes an issue having the time to actually sit there and write it. Well, of course, you know, and it, and it, and it, you know I think it's uh, at least in my case it was more or less just a pastime. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's more or less a hobby, and um, you know, I would uh, you know go through my normal day, and then at the end of the day, uh, before I you know retired and went to sleep, I would actually spend uh, an hour to an hour and a half um, scribbling and scribbling away in a collegiate you know notebook mm -hmm. of um, the different scenes that I was setting up you know for that evening, so and just writing writing the story out. But but it's amazing being a creative person and and I mean people that aren't creative can't relate to it but I I can especially when you're writing once you get and you 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 put you're typing into something and you get into that into that flow it just goes it just keeps going going you can sit there for hours not even thinking about it and just keep typing and writing and then your mind wanders and you start going it's you know but when you have that break. And sometimes when you want to sit down, you say, okay, I'm going to go write write another chapter or write a, a few pages. You sit down and nothing comes out. Right. I mean, and that, that's the, uh, that's the um, you know, that's just the process itself. It's as elusive as anything else. It, you know, sometimes it just pours out and other times it's like, uh, you know, like trying to wrestle a very large animal to the ground and, you know, you know, trap it. Um, you never know what's going to happen when you sit down. Even you know, even when I have the best intentions, you know, uh, you know, wake up early in the morning, get the coffee ready. Uh, you know, everybody's out of the house. You know, I have the whole day to myself, and you know, I spend uh, the majority of uh, you know the morning struggling over a paragraph that uh, you know I can't seem to finish. So uh, take it as it comes. Yeah, that's it. But then you know, you struggle with that. And then you sit, you sit down, you watch an Oprah, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jerry Springer or something. I don't know. <laughs> what 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 are those what one of those shows? But now you know Nine Lives. Uh, you got it done. It's out. Um, what can you tell us? What 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 the basis of the book is? Yeah, Nine Lives is a uh, is a mystery at heart. Uh, it's, I would probably classify it as a uh, like a psychological thriller. Right. Um, the main the main character. Uh, Itself in the in the book uh, finds out through no fault of his own uh, that he has uh, uh, come about uh, with uh, some immortality and uh, how he finds out about that is part of the mystery of the book itself and also uh, the book itself is his journey in fact of how he deals with it 
on a day-to-day basis with his wife and family, uh, everything that's happening around him, and uh, also the uh, the spirit world, which uh, because it does have a, a, a paranormal uh, angle to it. Uh, the spirit world, uh, you know, he relates to the spirit world now since he's gotten it immortality. Uh, he finds out that the spirit world, or at least part of the spirit world, is not happy about his newfound immortality. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And and uh, when when did you uh, when was the book published? Book was published uh, July of two thousand and eight. So it was a little over a year at this point. Okay, and and it's it's been received well, from what I understand. It has been. Um, but, uh, my publisher and everything. We're trying to get it into the larger bookstores as of right now. Um, but uh, you know that that's kind of a process of into itself. Um, I'm also working with, uh, you know, right now I'm working on a, uh, not exactly a follow-up, but a second novel, mm-hmm. you know, uh, along in the same genre and so forth, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Well, let me ask you, Nine Lives is done, you guys are trying to get the uh, distribution to the major, um, you know, bookstores across the nation, uh, but you've been doing well uh, where it's distributed now. Now, Nine Lives itself, are you opposed to, let's say, a screenwriter coming out or, 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 or that turning into a movie at some point? Oh, not at all. I'd, I'd be thrilled. In fact, I, I think it actually reads very well uh, as, a, um, as a story. Um, I guess the only way to explain that is that while I was writing it, um, because... Again, because part of the uh, the aspect of the story was that I didn't know a lot about the mechanics. That I visualized, you know, each scene, you know, as a as a visual picture itself, and what would actually, you know, physically be happening, mm-hmm. rather than, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, literally, you know, with words and so forth, more or less pictures. So it actually reads uh, more, you know, visually when you're going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more than actual. Uh, Just, just the the storyline of the book. I mean, it seems that that's something that can be made into a great movie, even if an independent movie director came in and producer came in and wanted to work with you. Uh, you'd be open to speaking to them, right? Oh, sure, absolutely. Okay. Right. I just wanted to to let you know, just to make that clear with our listeners, because some uh, sometimes we do have listeners that are producers, directors, independent, and also uh, you know major uh, production companies that. Uh, that question before they ask. <laughs> now, no problem. Yeah, now, now you spent uh, you spent most of your life in Western Pennsylvania, and this is what I find interesting. You're a graduate. What, did you graduate at Pitt? Yes. Nice, nice. Well, you know, it's, it's no secret that I am probably one of the largest Pittsburgh Steelers fans on the planet, as well as being a Pitt fan. So, uh, go Panthers. <laughs> Right. So I figured I'd throw that in there while I have the opportunity. Um, yeah. So th- this is all great. Now you're working on. Uh, you're beginning to work on a on a second book now, right? That's correct. I'm probably more better, you know, than halfway through uh, the uh, the second novel right now. Okay. Uh, the manuscript at this point. Yeah, I keep saying book, but it's actual actually a novel. But then again, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a, an author, or I mean, I, I should I should use the right terminology. So novel. Um, now, I mean, I, without giving too much away from from your latest, uh, is it along the same lines as uh, Nine Lives, or is it um, something different, or maybe? And the genre, it, I mean, as far as the you know the theme and everything, it still deals with the supernatural. Okay. Uh, it's a little different. Uh, in, in the fact that it actually is written uh, in first person uh, mm-hmm. rather than narrative, uh, so to speak. It does take a sort of a, one of the uh, characters from Nine Lies and uh, takes, uh, you know, off uh, on its own story. It's not really a sequel to Nine Lies. You could read either either of them without having any uh, additional information and or overlapping information on it. So it's really a story in and to itself. It just ha- so happened that out of nine lives, I had this one character that had a small part, and I 
wanted to explore that a little further and, you know, create something. So as the way that I'm looking at it right now, um, this actually is going to be a, uh, uh, the first book of a sequel, uh, going on that. And it's, uh, the, um, the main character itself that I'm writing in first person is actually a 27 year old, uh, female who is a psychic. And that's where the uh, sequel is going to start. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, because I know uh, you look at Stephen King and most of his books were turned into movies. And, uh-huh. uh, I mean, uh, of course, he's, you know, the, I guess the king of um, suspense or horror writings and things of that nature. You know, but what uh, just what I'm looking at with Nine Lives and what you're doing, uh, if you are able to, you know, take it from book to film, I think that you may share, I mean, even, even if you share a portion of the success that he has, even 10% still puts you out there as a massive success in, in this business. Yeah, well, I think 10%, I think anybody would take 10%. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anybody, anybody take Absolutely. 1%. But I was just trying to, yeah, just, <laughs> just trying to, uh, to, to put it out there because it does make sense because if you write, if you write something, that is um, that intrigues the reader, and it keeps mm-hmm. you kind of like glued to the book. Now, when you take that, you write a screenplay for it. Now, all of a sudden, it becomes real on on screen or on the TV, and it's drawing people in. You know, uh, I, I can't even go through the whole list of Stephen King's King's work, but uh, you know, you're doing your own thing, so we're not going to talk so much about him. But the reason I brought him up. Is because you're you're in the same I guess genre as he is, and I see uh-huh. you know he created a machine that works. So if a machine works, right. no reason to break it or you know, try to reinvent right. it. You know, so that, that definitely that, was one of my uh, one of my biggest influences was uh, originally his writing when I uh, you know um, began reading him, um, and uh, you know and actually tried to copy a very readable you know, friendly type of style, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, the wording of the book, you know, wording of the, you know, the descriptions and so forth. So okay. definitely was a big influence. Okay, excellent, excellent. Now, Frank, where can uh, people get your book? Right now, uh, the quickest and easiest way to do that is via my website. There's a direct link to the publisher, and the website is www.franksay.com. Uh, also, you can go to Amazon.com, uh, BarnesandNoble.com, Borders.com, and just put in Nine Lives, and uh, the book is listed under uh, F, say, first initial F is in Frank, and then say, S-A-Y, and either one that will bring it up. There's several different novels out there with the same title, uh, but just with the F uh, period, say, that will bring up the one that you're looking for. Oh yeah, I, I should have brought that up because that's that's what you uh you ink or your pen your your book says uh, F dot say. Okay. Well, that's probably uh, the first and only book that will actually have my first initial on there. The confidence. I love it. Day. Confidence. Yep. The confidence came in. Good. <laughs> you know what? Did did you do that because? Yeah. No, no, I don't want to be anonymous the rest of my life, so I figured out. <laughs> Add in the rest of my first name too. Yeah, there you go. So people know who you are. You know that they'll wind up bringing you on a show and saying, "F, how you doing?" I know. <laughs> F that not. didn't work very well. <laughs> no, no, that's why we're going with the Frank thing because I know that's the road you're going you're to go because it just makes sense to use your name and get the credibility that uh, the notoriety uh, that that you should be getting as you're moving forward because I think that you know you have a a great future in front of you as an author. Uh, I believe that any any producer or director that especially on the independent film and up front because not not so much the big studios because the big studios sometimes that there's something lost in translation and the way you write your book is basically or a novel let me correct myself novel uh, but the way you write it is you write it like that for a reason and it's mm-hmm. easier to work with an independent filmmaker for them to adhere to the uh, I guess the core of what your writing is, or what your writings are, and and it just keeps the integrity of 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 your novel. And I, I think that would be a, a good thing. But now, see, you, your your book 
can your novel can actually be purchased on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Now, I guess I mean as far as online distribution, you have it, but you are actually looking to physically get it into certain locations that it's not in currently. Uh, always looking to get it in, uh, you know, the major retailers um, throughout the nation and so forth mm -hmm. uh, at this point. But um, you know, that's been a little bit of a, a slow process. This has all been a, a you know. Uh, a learning process, so uh, trying to catch up to the learning curve as it would be as far as uh, the whole marketing and promotion portion of it. Uh, that's probably uh, another interview for another time, probably. Yeah, no, for sure, because that, that's tough, because, I mean, writing is one part of it. When that's all said and done, it's great. It's like, you have it, now what? <laughs> that's, that's what I was like, uh -huh. now now what do I do? Uh, now you got to market stuff, you got to get stuff out there. It's like, it, for all intents and purposes, you have to pimp yourself out in order to get the... Uh, to get your, your 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 novels where they need to be and in front of the people that they need to be and you need to get you want to get the media attention that that you should be getting for what you're doing now do you have any uh, any book signings lined up anytime in the near future uh, actually I do I have uh, three between now and the first of November mm -hmm. um, at uh, borders books uh, local ones in the area that's all this information is on my website as well. Okay. Uh, last weekend, uh, I was at a book festival uh, about um, 30 minutes ride from me in uh, in Pennsylvania. It's called the Bridgewater Book Festival, which is uh, the second annual uh, festival that they have in this real uh, quaint little town. And they basically uh, the focus is just lo you know authors, local and regional, and even. Uh, some national authors, and uh, they had over 50 authors there, and uh, it was a great time. It was the first large event that I've been to um, that uh, had more than, you know, just myself and a stack of books, you know, uh, to promote there and got to meet up with other, not only other authors, but other writing organizations as well. So all that information is on my website uh, under the news portion of it. So if you want to find out uh, what I'm doing, when and why, or uh, where and uh, just go to the website. It will be on there. And the website is franksay.com. Franksay.com. You go there, find out all about Frank Say, what he's doing with Nine Lives. Uh, you know, if you're in if you're in Pennsylvania, and well, Pennsylvania is a big state, but if you uh, are going to be in the areas where you know Frank Say is having a book signing, I would urge you to go. Uh, support what he's doing. Meet and greet with him because I just have a strange feeling. That uh, one more novel, and he's not going to be as easily access accessible because that does happen when you become uh, when your stuff gets out there. All of a sudden, you know, right now people are sh taking pictures, shaking your hand. Uh, you get something that really goes off the charts. You something uh, you have a movie coming out with your book or something of that nature. Uh, you go to another plateau. So that's why I I'm, I want our listeners to know that because if you want to take the time to go meet and greet with Frank Say now, I would do that because chances are if you don't do it now while he's doing this stuff, you're not gonna you probably won't have a chance to do it later on. You probably have to wait on a long line, I think. <laughs> I think that's the case. Uh, but uh, Frank, is there anything else that you wanna let our listeners know, uh, as far as what you have going on or or anything, because uh, this is about the time that we give the floor to our, our guests to uh, speak about whatever they want to speak about. Maybe you can give some advice to, to uh, someone that maybe is looking to, to pen a book. You know, Maybe you can do that. Um, probably, the, the other, my, my writing experience is, uh, I, would, I would say, not... Uh, you know, is not uh, does not fall down the typical path. Most uh, most authors that I know of have either studied, you know, English literature, journalism, writing somewhere, you know, in the past. And uh, although I dabbled in all of that, you know, my focus was never in that area. Nor do I actually think it needs to be. Uh, if you have a you know a love of the written word and uh, you know you you know feel that this is something you can do, the only way you're going to know how to if you can do it is just do it. I mean that's that's how I kind of went into mine, uh, how I ended up with Nine Lives to begin with. Um, the main thing about it is because it is such a different uh, business 
um, than, you know, just, you know, just having, it's a little bit different than, I guess, having a garage sale by putting an ad in the paper and people show up, uh, especially the writing process, uh, you know, finding a publisher, finding maybe an agent. Um, what I did is, though, I listened to about 50% of all the advice that was out there and uh, ignored the other 50% and just sort of put my head down and my horns, you know, out forward and just kind of, you know, just kind of plow through and, uh, you know, try not to let uh, too much of the, you know, advice or criticism get to me uh, because there's a lot of that out there as well. Uh, I'm speaking only for myself, but um, I just wanted, you know, the only way, if I... If I would have listened to half of the other half of what was going on out there, mm-hmm. I'm sure Nine Lives would have never happened. Well, I, I believe that, and and then is um, it's interesting you bring that up because I should have brought that up earlier. Uh, if you had opposition, did I mean you had your family? That you mean you, you did you get support from your family when you were trying to do this? Did they think, oh, you're you're out of your mind? You think you're going to be an author? Ha ha ha! Did you get that type of attitude? Because that does come up with anything, whether you're authoring a, a novel, whether you're getting involved in acting or modeling, or you're going to be an artist or whatever the case may be. Something that's not your typical. Uh, quote-unquote job, working in an office or becoming a doctor or a lawyer or, or being a, a blue-collar worker becomes foreign to people because it's risky. And risk breeds fear in people, and then they think that the person trying, that's trying to do it is out of their mind. Mm-hmm. Did, did you, did well, you, were you faced with that within, within your family? Not so much in my family, no. Uh, my, you know, they said, well, you know, if you think you can do it, that's great, you know, they, nobody had a, a clue, nobody, everybody else was probably on the same page as I was as far as my family, as far as any knowledge Good. of how to go about this, um, you know, the opposition I got from was, you know, other publishers, other, you know, writers that I've, you know, hooked up with online, um, and other groups and so forth, and, uh, you know, I, you know, tried to take the advice you know, as well as I could, and as far as, you know, what I felt, you know, um, anything that was like an opposition to uh, saying that, you know, you can't do this, this, that, and the other thing, because um, I, the statistics, you know, are not, you know, if you know anything about the statistics as far as, uh, um, you know, you know, uh, new books that come out each year, it's probably because of the, uh, the way the media is now with uh, self-publishing, um e-publishing, there's probably 400,000 different titles that come out each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're thinking of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, just think of Heinz Field, put about eight of those together, each person with a book in, in their lap and holding it up, and then you kind of get the idea of how many books come out each year mm-hmm. and why the, you know, the publishing, um, the, you know, the publishing business is sort of like the Wild Wild West right now. Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, definitely different than it was 10 years ago and really different than it was 20 years ago. Things that used to work 10 years ago <clears throat> don't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, you know, print ads have gone way to Facebook and Twitter. And um, so, you know, if anybody says you can't do it because this, that, and the other thing, uh, you have to kind of judge where they're coming from, what angle they're coming from. Are they mm-hmm. coming from 10 years ago or, you know, five years ago or 20 years ago? Right. You know, just put your head down and, you know, get in there and do it, you know, because, uh, you know, you know, you may be able to, you know, make something out of it, you know. Yeah. If Nine Lives doesn't do anything more than what it's done right now. I, you know, I consider it uh, one of my larger accomplishments of my life. So hopefully with that little bit of momentum, we can get uh, the next novel going. Yeah, but I think that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you said everything you said because I want our listeners to understand that, you know, granted, in the beginning of the show, we talked about, you know, where you were and everything. Towards the end of the show, we kind of got deeper, and, and I, there's certain questions I should have asked earlier on, but I'm glad that I did ask it as far as the opposition because, in anything, you know, people face opposition all the time. When you're trying to do something uh-huh. different that bucks the trend, uh, or, or actually goes against the trend, uh, not bucks, but you're going against what is normal and what people see as a normal thing, people tend to look at you differently. Whether you're doing music and you say, okay, well, 
There's a million music people out there. You can't do anything. There are a lot of musicians out there. You, you're never going to make it. It's a hard business. Oh well, you you want to you want to you want to write books? Okay, you can go do that. But you know what? You have all these authors out there. You're never going to make it. Oh, you want to do this? Ah, you're never going to make it. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. Oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna go work and do construction? Oh, that you got. You got. You can do that. Okay, not that there's anything wrong with 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 working and, and construction and everything, but the point is, people have dreams. And if right. you allow people to steal your dream, then it's your fault. Exactly right. Okay, and you actually took something that really wasn't your dream initially, but then it's something that developed, but now you have a passion, and you're following that passion. And that's why I know you came out with nine lives. Your next novel is going to be better. The other one's going to be better. And then all of a sudden, you're, 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 you become who you're working towards, and you don't even know it. And a lot of successful people that I've come across, and I have people on the show that are like that, what they're doing today is not what they initially set out to do. Uh -huh. It's just something that happens in life because everyone is, is meant to do something. You just, you just have to find your calling. And fortunately for you, Frank, that you found your calling. You're a writer. And there's nothing better than, than doing what you love to do. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. All right, Frank, uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I think you gave us some uh, good insight as to who you are, uh, Nine Lives. Uh, you can, again, our listeners can find that. Uh, just go to franksay.com and go check it out. Uh, looks to be an amazing uh, novel. And you've given us some, some, some insight at the end of the show, basic stuff. On that, that can apply to anyone, okay? Not Absolutely. just authoring. I mean, just go, go for it. You, you, you want to do something? You know, just, just discount what people say and just keep going forward. And you know what? If you fail, you failed on your own. That's okay. That's acceptable. But don't, don't stop and don't fail because someone's telling you what to do. And then that's the message that we have to put out there today. And that's I think that's pretty much what, what we did at the end of the show. And uh, it was great uh, to have that happen. Uh, Frank, I, I would like to have you back on the show uh, later, you know, maybe in a, in a few months, or maybe when you're done with your next uh, novel, have you back on to talk about it, uh, to update our listeners and let them know what's going on in your world, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, though I'm available anytime. Okay, great, Frank. Thank you so much, and uh, you have a great day. And again, our listeners, go to franksay.com, pick up uh, a copy of Nine Lives, do it. It's going to be worth it. If you have the opportunity to go down and see this great author and go meet with them, uh, do it because I'm telling you that it will happen sooner than later that this guy is going to be, Frank Say is going to be a little bit. Uh, a couple of notches up on that on that mountain uh, in the near future. And again, franksightsay.com is a place to go and find out more about him. And Frank, again, have yourself a great day. What is your major malfunction? All that be written. All that be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you, and I thank you.